Welcome to the Dr. Dad's Podcast, where a naturopath and chiropractor come together each week to share lifestyle medicine, health advice, and inspiring interviews with some of the top experts in health and wellness, bringing you the latest in nutrition, exercise, ancient healing, toxins and detox, your microbiome, mindset, hormones, brain, and much more. Stay tuned. We're going to teach you how to experience growth daily. Hey everybody, Dr. David Wardy coming at you. This is another episode of the Dr. Dad's Podcast. Dr. Nicholas, what's up, my brother? Just, uh, my mind is being blown by all this new information you share with me. I know, right? Like, I, I found myself getting a little anxious just getting on the podcast today because I was like, I have like a million questions for this guy, and I'm so excited to get one of our guides on here. And so today's guest, uh, for my patients that are listening, uh, people that have been hearing me talk about this guy already, uh, we're bringing on a very special individual today. Um, his guidance and his mentorship of just what he's teaching to the world right now to help other doctors and individuals just expand their knowledge on such an important topic that is overlooked uh, in my profession, I think just in general in the healing and, and the medical field that needs to be addressed because it's such a central thing that affects our healing and our, and our and to help us on our journey. So, you know, the, the latest and greatest has been the lymphatic system. And I'm super pumped. I can't stop talking about this stuff. Everyone's like, shut up, doc. I've kept, you know, you keep talking and talking and talking. But when this guy speaks about this stuff and the way that he teaches it, you start to create this understanding of why this is so important and how it's overlooked and how it really affects everything in the system and our body's ability to start actually healing. So I'm very excited to bring on Dr. Perry Nicholson. And uh, I'm going to let him talk a little bit about himself today, but this is the lymph guru. You know, I've, I've uh, dipped in a little more of lymphatic work this year, and I've uh, followed Dr. Perry on a Stop Chasing Pain, which is his website. He also has a podcast. He does workshops and webinars there and uh, got into a bunch of his stuff already, already implemented into my practice. And I cannot tell you, I've been having incredible results with my patients. Uh, just daily now with this work that I've been implementing in my practice. So I'm very, very excited. Dr. Perry, thank you for joining us today, man. Very blessed. Well, thank you very much, doctors. It's an honor for me to be on your show. And I love the name of your podcast too, by the way, because I'm a doctor. I'm also a dad. So I got All right. <laughs> we got it. My, my kids are a little bit older now, 21 and 19. I don't know how the hell that happened, you know? Just so, <laughs> uh, like a blink of an eye. And I just dropped my uh, oldest one back at college today. So we'll see how that goes for at least a little while. They but, grow fast, man. We got little ones as well. And Yeah. yeah. I'm going to give you a really corny moment that I say to everybody, but, you know, share us it while you got it, man, because it goes fast. <laughs> it really does. It really yeah. kidding. But, but thank you very much for the kind words. It really does mean a lot. And uh, I love the lymphatics for sure. People say that to me all the time. Like, geez, can you talk about anything else? I'm like, no, not really. Because uh, it's, it's that important, right? Uh, it, it's such a, a system of the body that once you come across it, and you understand it, and you do some of the work for yourself, you're literally blown away about uh, how much better or different it can make you feel. And then you're like the same thing. Like, why in the world didn't somebody tell me how important this thing was <laughs> like a long time ago? <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and then I tried to make it simple for people as well because it's a really powerful system to um, come across 
but it can also seem overwhelming in the beginning uh, because people tend to overcomplicate it a lot too. So uh, trying to make it pretty simple for people to do. So I'm ready to talk about anything and everything you want. I usually teach 16 hours on lymphatics, so I'm sure we can cover an hour. <laughs> awesome. No worries. <laughs> awesome. So Perry, I really would like you to start, just tell a little bit about yourself, and then uh, I really like to hear your story about how this came into a huge theme for you. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, uh, I've been a practicing chiropractor for about 26 years now. Um, so that's how I got into the healthcare profession and what my professional degree is. I really don't honestly do too much chiropractic work anymore, at least in the traditional sense. It's kind of my gateway to get a lot of different types of learning. And I, I began to get outside and investigate a lot of other different systems of the body. And when I got sick uh, about... Um, She's probably going on five years ago now. So I became a chiropractor originally because I got hurt with lower back pain and could barely walk, and one of them fixed me up. I'm like, that's really cool. I like to do that. And then <laughs> it helped. But then um, five years ago, I came down all of a sudden with what they call an autoimmune disease, which means they really didn't have an answer for why I began to get so sick and stay sick. and even though they really couldn't find anything to give me a diagnosis on, I felt honestly like I was slowly dying. And basically I started to get a lot of uh, chronic infections in the body, all different types of infections, sinus infections, prostate infections, urinary tract infections, gut and the outward word being infections. <laughs> so it's basically inflammation in the body. And the traditional approaches to try to help the inflammation with, with medicine, even though they were trying to help me, made me worse. And that's usually how most people get treated through infections. They get antibiotics or they get uh, stuff for, for pain, right? The pain medications. And I actually ended up needing to get surgeries because my infections progressed to a, a point. Um, but unfortunately those things made me feel maybe temporarily better, but each time I had to get a stronger medication and many different types and I got worse. Um, and I got so bad that I had to leave my practice cause I couldn't treat patients anymore. I was so tired and sick and literally taking four to five naps in a day and not feeling rested. Um, I had to stop traveling the world and teach because I lost my brain, basically. That was the scariest part for me. I could honestly deal with the physical suffering, but when my brain went, what I mean by that is I couldn't remember things. Like what I recently said, I was struggling with the names of people in my life, even my children. And those are signs of severe de degenerative brain disorders heading towards Alzheimer's. And the scariest moment for me happened when I was um, mailing a t-shirt to one of my online members at the post office. And I went back to my car and I couldn't find my keys when I was sitting in the car seat, right? Like, I, I don't know where they were because I would always be forgetting things. Looked at the parking lot, went back in the post office, everything, and nobody can find them. And then I was 10 feet away from my car, walking back to my car, and I heard the car running. So what that means is I actually physically sat in the car, started the car, but forgot that I did that. 
and didn't have the sensory awareness that it was still running until I came back. And that's a very real sign of a lot of inflammation in the body. And I had no answers. It scared the hell out of me. So I, I came across the lymphatics because the universe works in a crazy way. I had a friend of mine I went to chiropractic school with who I hadn't seen in 20-some years reached out to me and said, uh, and I still don't even know why he reached out to me at that time. Who the hell knows? But he said, uh, I've got a thing I'm going to in London. It's studying ener energetic medicine. And I thought you might like to go. And I was at the time looking for outside of the box on what could be wrong with the body. I was looking at the energy systems, more so what the cell needs to be able to recover, heal, and generate the energy involved with life. And uh, I just said, yeah, man. I said, yes, I'll go. And when I went there, I got exposed to the lymphatic system for the very first time. And this particular individual, one of the things that I had happen to me a lot at that time was I was always had a lot of infections and my body was producing a lot of mucus all the time. And mucus production is a huge way that your body tries to protect itself by coating tissues to try to fight things. So I'd always be clearing my throat like every five seconds, snipping every two seconds and coughing and <clears throat> like hacking, things like that. And, uh, it was just incessant for years, right? And I just thought, well, that's kind of habit. It just is what it is, right? And the guy says to me, um, I think I know what your issue is. Because the sniffing was starting to bother people in the class, I'll be honest with you. And he brought me up and I said, well, what? What? He goes, I think your lymphatic system's a mess. He didn't use the word mess. I think he was a little bit nicer. <laughs> but, and, and I'm like, and I honestly was like, lymph what? <laughs> like, I don't even... I didn't even think about the lymphatic system. What the hell does that have to do anything? I don't have cancer, right? That's usually the only time you think about lymph is when you have cancer or when you have what's called lymphedema, where you have body parts that are swollen like the size of an elephant. Then you know, wow, you got a little fluid problem here. But I never even thought about that system. And he, he said, come on up. And he started to press on primary areas of the body where you get lymph nodes that cluster just so people know what lymph lymphatic system is by the way it's a it's a, a really primary detoxification sewage system of your body it's designed to keep fluids under control remove swelling and inflammation and get rid of bacteria viruses toxins parasites cancer and metabolic waste like all the stuff you don't want inside of you that you want out that's a big way it gets out and if it doesn't get out then it stays inside of you and then you get infections all the time is one thing that can happen to you um so i went up there and he, every place he put his finger was so painful and swollen and i had no idea like i've been a practicing this it was five years ago so 21 years and I'm flabbergasted. Like, I never even thought to press on these regions. But if I did press on them, my first thought wouldn't be I'm checking the lymph nodes. My thought would be I'm checking fascia mm -hmm. or I'm checking muscle or ligaments or nerves or the spine. 
never did it occur to me that I'm pressing on lymph nodes. So that was the big aha moment that hit home to me of, wow, I mean, this system goes everywhere, but it really hit me that I forgot that all these systems always work together and you can't just focus on one. And here's the crazy thing though, that it really sucked when you pressed on, I'm not gonna lie to you, because I always joke around that he had hands of Satan, like he presses really hard. And you know, I don't treat that hard. <laughs> uh, but I felt really awful after that because he started to release toxins that were stuck in my body. And I remember going home being at the, to the Airbnb and so tired, I just slept. Like It was like 6 o'clock at night. I didn't wake up till 8 the next morning. And I woke up, and I kid you not, I felt better. Like I felt different. And I could actually have, for the first moment I can remember in a while, to take a breath in through a nose that wasn't congested for the first time in a long time. And that was the moment, man. That was the moment where I said, I, this system is something. And I have to learn anything and everything I can about this system. And then from that point on, I've been a man possessed since three years ago to bring myself back. Because I'm 53 years old now. I feel better than I, I think better. I'm sharper. I move better than even physically move better than I did when I was in my 20s. Because I firmly believe I had these uh, lymphatic issues even in my 20s. Because that's one of the reasons that I think led to me having cancer 18 years ago. I had thyroid cancer and I had a lot of lymph nodes in my neck removed 18 years ago. And it all makes sense now. Uh, so I think that it just that temporarily took out the underlying cause of things. And then, then the years later, it hit me with an autoimmune disease that decided to hit me a different way. Um, and uh, I got sharper. I got leaner. I lost, ch check this out. I lost 30 pounds of fat and inflammation in one month. Wow. Incredible, man. <laughs> and Jeez. I've been a bodybuilder since I was 14 years old. I know any, I've forgotten more about fitness nutrition than most people learn since I've been doing it since uh, I was 13. And I could never get myself to lose these last little bit of weight because I was always puffy and I was always swollen. And I just said, I don't understand why. But when I got the limp under control and understood the stuff that we're going to talk about in a moment of how the body gets rid of fat and uh, toxins and inflammation, that I got lean, mean, tall, and confident, man, in one month just from doing that like that. And I'm like, okay, even more I love this thing. <laughs> so, you know, I got the brain back, but I got my mirror muscles back, which was nice. And um, so then that brought me to where I am now with the courses that I teach and traveling all over the world to try to share this information with people. So, I mean, that's my journey. I, I do lymphatic work because it saved my life. And I've been able to make that kind of positive changes in a lot of, uh, geez, at this point, thousands of other people since I started this program. Well, brother, that, 
that possession you're talking about, you definitely pass it to me because the moment I started learning from you, man, I, I feel possessed now with this stuff. Like I need to learn everything and then pass it along. A good possession to have, man. The world, oh. it. it really does. Oh, man. And then the fact, you know, you're talking about how you, you know, you, we always like, I was pushing past all this stuff and not even paying attention to it, right? Like you're saying you're pushing on nerves and muscles and fascia and like, and it's all been there the whole time. As soon as I started doing your stuff, I'm like, God, this stuff's been there the whole time, and I've just gone right past it. Yeah. So, brother, real quick before you kind of dip in to the, some of the limp stuff, I love how you talk uh, real quick about this. Uh, you call it a uh, entanglement ecosystem hierarchy. Yeah. I remember when I was watching watching you teach, I'm thinking, my God, this guy's like, this is my same pecking order, but now I have lymph and he's absolutely right. This is where it needs to be. Can you just talk a little bit about that and why lymph is literally like number two for you when you address, you know, people to help them get healthy? Sure. I'd be happy to. So let's talk about those words, right? Entanglement, the ecosystem hierarchy. So a hierarchy means that, you know, there's, there's things in a list and everything on the list is important. Otherwise it wouldn't be on the list. But the higher you go near the top of the list, the little bit more it's important in the overall scheme of things. And in my hierarchy, the, the, the scheme is this, is that you have, I have a list of one through nine of all the different systems of the body. So all the different systems of the body work together. So uh, nervous system, digestive system, hormone system, cardiovascular system, that type of thing, lymphatic system. And in medicine today, we always break those things down into separate systems or specializations. And the, they don't, nobody talks to each other in medicine. But meanwhile, the systems always talk to each other. So it's the worst way to manage somebody's health. So since they all work together, that's an ecosystem. So an ecosystem is where everything, like in nature, is an ecosystem. Everything plays a role, and the system only works as well as that most vulnerable part of the system. Does that make sense? Um, and then entanglement means this, is that you, everything that you do to one system affects everything else in that moment, but even further down the line. So entanglement means that nothing that we do is separated from anything else. That's just pretty much energy. And a way to think about that is this. If I do something to my pinky toe, it can screw me up enough to mess up something in my neck. That's what entanglement means. But in medicine, they don't say, what the hell does your little toe have to do with your neck? They're nowhere near each other. I'm like, well, actually they are <laughs> because they're part of the whole system and that's where we get lost. That's what stop chasing pain means. It means treat pain, but don't fall into just treating where it hurts because that's usually not where the issue is. So entanglement ecosystem is about relationships and interactions. Not only that the system can work well on its own, but it has to work efficiently with all the other systems. So I begin to think more like an engineer of how interactions happen because I don't care how one system works alone. That doesn't mean anything to me at all. Zero. Because I know if I stick it together with all the other systems, it might not work so well then. Does that make sense? Any engineer will tell you that. That's fundamentals of how systems work. Complex systems. And the human body is a complex system, not a complicated system. Complex is about interactions. So I put this hierarchy together with one through nine of all the different systems. And I put lymph at number two. And I put the brain at number one. And what that means is this, is that anything near the top of the list is more important to your overall survival. 
Basically, what that means is this. If something goes wrong with the top three to four numbers, you die really fast, like super fast. And that's more of a priority to your brain because your brain doesn't want to be dead. Like, I would prefer not to die today. Thank you very much. So if you, we can do whatever we need to do not to make that happen, I'm good to go with it, whether it seems right or wrong at all. The body never does anything that's right or wrong. It only does stuff that's useful, right? And utility doesn't mean right and wrong. Utility means useful. So the, the body has to live in the moment. The only thing it's concerned about is right now, not yesterday, not tomorrow. So in my list, number eight and nine, if I tell you what eight and nine, nine is local tissue. Nine is where, Doc, my shoulder hurts. That's where you point. That's local tissue. And I will always look at local tissue, and I will always treat local tissue. But chronic injuries and chronic pain is never just a localized issue, ever. And number eight is muscle fascia, um, muscle fascia ligament joint. So that's the bones, the stuff that holds the bones together, the stuff that moves the bones, and the stuff that connects the bones. And that's what most people walk into me complaining of, pain in the muscle, pain in the joint, pain in the, pain in the ligament, all right? So they're important, but honestly, if something goes wrong with those, you're not going to die like fast. I mean, life's going to suck for you a little bit because your, your back muscles are in spasm, but you'll usually live another day. But if something goes wrong with your lymphatic system, you'll die in 24 hours. So your brain has a decision to make. Okay, Perry, your back hurts. I know that kind of sucks, but we can deal with that. But with the lymphatics, that's not good, man. If that guy goes, we all go. So it sacrifices, the, the, the whole point is, your body will sacrifice anything in the lower numbers to keep the upper numbers safe. And then that's why you'll get a lot of those symptoms at the lower numbers, but not at the higher numbers. And then most people don't know they have a lymphatic system issue until you go in there and you assess them for it. Or you look at their overall history and their symptoms, and then once you understand what the system does, you'll go, oh, that makes complete sense now of why they would have these kind of symptoms or why they can't get past a certain point in their healing. So a case in point is low back pain is one of the most common issues that human beings in the world have today. And it's not getting better, it's getting worse. And I can look at your back from so many different ways on a medical test, I can see everything. But it doesn't mean I'm going to be able to help you at all just because I can see anything. And you've got so many techniques and tools and contraptions to treat your lower back more than ever before. We've got more tools. We've got more research. We've got more technology. And yet back pain is worse, not better. So what that's telling me is this. We're doing the wrong thing. We're looking at it the wrong way. And you have to change how you're looking at the body. And for me, my first concept was, well, maybe it's not the back. Maybe it's something in the front. Right? And you're like, but my front doesn't hurt. I'm like, congratulations. Now you're catching on. <laughs> now this is where we're talking. But here's my journey, guys. This is where it gets exciting. In my previous journey before I left, I would check the front, but I would be checking things in the front related to eight. I would be checking your muscles, your fascia, 
your joints and your ligaments. So um, I got to do the transverse abdominis, strengthen up your core muscles, right? And then I got to work the soft tissue that's the fascia around your abdomen. But they would still hit a roadblock. But then I just started to think deeper, deeper. And then I knew that, well, most of your lymphatic system is located in your abdomen, around your organs and your small intestines in particular, and around your low back. And if those are clogged or backed up, you really wouldn't feel it in the front, you'd feel it in the back, right? Because you get the repaired pain for the back. Because very few people come in and say, doc, I gotta kill you, my belly button is killing me. <laughs> no, it's on the other side, right? And then, but everybody treats that side. So then I started to go different and then I started to dig in the front and I started to go really, really deep. And every single person when I pressed in there, it was really, really painful. It was really, really swollen. But after I pressed in there, later on they said, Doc, I don't know, I don't know if this is crazy or not, but I don't know, whatever you did to my stomach, my back feels way better. Does that make sense? Yeah, when you understand the lymphatics and how that system can get congested, then when you remember your anatomy, you realize that the nerves in your back actually come out from the front, not from the back. And then you realize all the blood flow that you're trying to send to the back comes out to the front, not the back. So the front's a little bit important. So then I started to focus in more on the lymphatic channels where you get the biggest amount of congestion and backflow because the system is a fluid system and it, it, it works in by movement and breathing. So it moves fluid into different nodes and these nodes capture what they call antigens or toxins to try to kill them. And then when they get backed up, then it increases pressure in the body. Uh, and it, it increases the likelihood of you having more what they call metabolic waste and cellular waste, which is when cells get injured, they release waste. And then that needs to get out of the body. If it can't get out of the body, it stays there and can still contributes to inflammation. And I really need for people to understand that is that inflammation is not bad. Inflammation is good. Incessant chronic inflammation is bad. So it's when you can't get rid of the inflammation, that's when it becomes a problem. That's what we call chronic inflammation and or systemic inflammation. And that leads to chronic pain and autoimmune disease. So we're using all these tools to try to get rid of inflammation, but we have a system that can't get rid of the inflammation even though we're stimulating it to do so because it's too overwhelmed or it's too backed up in too many places that are not where the site of pain is located. It's always inflammation around the site of pain. Uh, but usually it's the inflammation in places that you – here's a really fundamental key that people listening need to understand. It's the inflammation and pain that you don't know about that I'm searching for because that's the one that's going to help the one that you do know about that won't go away. Does that make sense? Oh, it's perfect, man. Well, and, and we're, I'm listening to you, Perry, and I'm like, okay, me and Nick are constantly talking about the, the health of the cell, right? And you talk about hydrodynamics and how this influences just literally the cell's ability to get nutrients and oxygen. Can you talk a little bit about that at that level? Because we're constantly, you know, trying to explain to people that a lot of this starts at the cell and there's inflammation. And that's some of the wow. things that we've got to get back online to get your health back. Absolutely. I'd be happy to. Yeah, this, this is awesome for me. I'm, I'm having like a geek moment. So um, it all comes down to cells, right? 
cellular health, individual cells and clusters of cells. And you have to remember that you got trillions of cells and you're losing billions of them every day just from life. So cells are always dying and then you're always making new ones, or at least you're supposed to make new ones. That's the key, <laughs> right? And then all those old ones are toxins and your body has to get rid of the toxins. So I had a guy on my podcast once who's been very influential for me. His name is Dr. Jerry Tennant. And he, he talks about cellular health a lot. And he said something that really stuck with, stuck with me. He said, chronic disease occurs when you lose the ability to make new cells that work. And he always says, I'm going to say that again. So I'm going to say it again. Chronic disease occurs when you lose the ability to make new cells that work. That makes sense, right? Because if I can make new cells that work, I wouldn't freaking be sick, right? Because you're supposed to get sick, but you're not supposed to stay sick. But we as humans are used to being sick all the time because it's ah, you're just getting older, which is a BS. And uh, then he said, well, that made me want to look at what do you need to make a new cell that works, right? So if you can't make one, why can't you make one? So I started to investigate that further, and I came down to two simple reasons. Two simple reasons that have like 500 other reasons that contribute to the two. But I'm going to give you the big two. Either you have too much of something called toxicity, or you have not enough of something called deficiency. So that means deficiency means... I don't usually have enough nutrients or I don't have enough oxygen. Those are the two big drivers, nutrients and oxygen. You got to have those. That's the grocery list that cells need to be able to heal and regenerate, not just repair because it's not about repairing. It's also about making new ones. But then I've got toxicity. Toxicity means I've got too much of something that I am not supposed to have. And then you'll always have both. You always have toxicity and you always have deficiency. And it's very important that people need to understand is that when you put something inside your body, typically through your mouth with, with what you eat, is your, your nutrients coming on in, or the air that you breathe for oxygen. Just because you put nutrients in and oxygen in doesn't mean that they actually physically go into the cells once they're inside your body. So cells are ready, but they have this semi-permeable membrane that stuff needs to get through. And in order to get to that region, those, those things, it has to go through your blood system, and your blood system delivers things down into cabillions and jillions of capillaries that spider out. Um, and those are of where the nutrients and oxygen come through, and they're large enough for only one cell to come through at a time. They're really, really small, right? <clears throat> and what happens most of the time is that people are very toxic. They've got um, the inability to get rid of metabolic waste. And then those fluids, the cells sit in fluid, right? You're mostly fluid. Your cells sit in what they call interstitial fluid, interstitial. And that's the fluid between the cells. And then the cells are sitting in that fluid. So stuff comes out from the capillary and there's a cell going, hey man, awesome. 
I'm hungry. I'm glad you're here. I need oxygen and I need nutrients. And then it has to go through that fluid to go into the cell. Then the cell uses the nutrients and the oxygen. After it uses all those things, it creates waste, just like you do. When you eat anything, you create waste. You go to the bathroom, you flush it out, good to go, no more waste. Well, that what happens is that it uses that, and then the waste goes outside the cell, and it goes back into the same fluid that the nutrients have to cross. So the nutrients have to cross that fluid, and then the waste has to go into that fluid. You can see that you might want to make sure you have a good balance in there. You don't want too much crap in the fluid. Well, your lymphatic system and your venous system, your veins and your lymphatic system are the primary system that gets rid of those toxins for you. It's the sewage system of your body, kind of like what I say with your house, right? So flush the toilet, good to go, no problem. Well, imagine if you went to the bathroom for years and years and years in your house and you couldn't flush the toilet. I wouldn't want to go anywhere near your house. And then the same thing's happening to your body. Your body is living in that toxicity with the cells, and your cells do the same thing. Like, dude, I don't want to go anywhere near there. That's nasty, right? So if the lymphatic system has an issue, you build up toxicity around the cells. So even though you have nutrients, even though you have oxygen, it can't cross that metabolic waste toxicity to go into the cell. So you have deficiency and toxicity together. Here's the thing that I've found of why most systems don't work that we try to do to help people get better. We're always trying to give them stuff that they need, right? Stuff that they don't have enough of. I'm trying to give them more of whatever you're deficient in. I got to try to get more oxygen in your body, right? I got to get more vitamins, more minerals, more nutrients, whatever. So I'm trying to make up for the deficiency. For me, it's the opposite, where I have to get rid of the toxicity first, and then I go in for the deficiency side. Because if you don't get the toxins removed first, the toxicity removed first, the nutrients can't go where you need them. Some will get there, right? otherwise you die like now. It's just they don't get in there efficiently or for long-term health. That's the key. I've always been on this quest for why do, why do I have to keep doing therapies for everyone? Why does stuff not stick? Why is the body that's supposed to be resilient and strong have to need care all the time? It's not supposed to need that all the time. But how about because it doesn't have what it needs to get the job done? So all I did was simply say, this is the answer I've been looking for. I've been trying to look for ways to detoxify, get the toxins out, and then get the nutrients in. The lymphatic is the number one system that you want to go after first to ensure that that functions well. And if it functions well, it doesn't mean that everything is going to go away and the world is unicorns and rainbows and you'll no have, never have any pain or no problems. There's no such thing as that. But what I tell people is this, is that you stand a much greater chance of getting to the final destination of where you want to be with less pain and suffering in your life if you clear that system. Because I know one thing for sure, if you don't clear, clear that system, there's no way in hell you're going to get there. It's just physiologically not possible.
So I kind of tell people that like in relationship to like positive thinking, just because you think positive doesn't mean you're going to get a positive result. But I say that I can tell you, but I'll tell you this much. If you think negative, there's no way in hell you're going to get one. That just ain't going to happen. And it's the same thing in relationship to the limp. And it's because people just never knew about it or what to do about it. And when you start to clear the toxins, the body actually says, holy cow, I think he's on to something. He finally figured it out that I need to get rid of all this stuff. And then I'm, I've been waiting forever to take in all this great stuff that you're sending me to do um, to help them get back to resilience and, and strength and the way we're supposed to feel. So his phrase when he said that really hit home to me of, and we don't look at that these days. We try to give people these, um, cells are not waiting for this medication that they've been missing their whole life to get better, right? I'm not saying that you don't need them to help you get over pain and suffering, or you might need something to help maintain your health, but, Maybe you won't need to take as much or for as long. So for me, for instance, I had cancer. So they took my thyroid gland out. It's gone. And most of my lymph is gone. That also made me much more prone to lymphatic issues with congestion in my throat and in my nose. So I have to take thyroid medication or I'll be dead in three days. Like I have to take it. But what was interesting is this. Uh, when I was puffy and swollen and inflamed, I was having to take 350 micrograms of Synthroid medication wow. in order to get my blood levels up to where they needed to be within range. That's a big deal. And medication is just like nutrients. Just because you take it in doesn't mean you're absorbing it, right? So when I cleared my lymph but I lost all that inflammation, 350 micrograms is way too much dose for me. My, my numbers went through the roof. So now I'm down to 200 micrograms. Wow. So what was the difference? The difference was I cleaned out my body so the cells were a better able to absorb what? The medication that I was putting inside of it. So I needed less of the medication to get the same results on the back end. And that's something that's really important for people to understand because sometimes your dosages keep going up, 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 or we get hooked on these pain medications and things like that. And there's just higher, higher dose and this, things like that. And you make yourself more toxic like that way. So uh, it's a huge realization when you understand it's not, it's, it's about uh, absorption. And when you have a, a lymphatic system that doesn't work efficiently, you have what they call malabsorption. That means you're not as efficient at, at absorbing the nutrients that you need to um, and therefore getting rid of the toxins. So I know I just kept going there. I mean, I hope I just you hit love my on switch. I'm going to keep oh, going. No, we love yeah. it, man. I, I do have one question. Yeah, just, just to, to dial in where the pain comes in at that, that point. So if we can kind of dive back into the infra interface between the capillary, the interstitial fluid, you know, the receiving end of the, the uh, deoxygenated venous, there's a lymphatic vesicle there or like a channel. How yeah. does the nerve influence into that or infiltrate into that? Where's the interaction there where the pain response is felt and, and why is that happening? And, the, and then that swelling mechanism. And, and with that question, is it macrophages? Like what's coming into that 
space yeah. from the lymphatic tissue. If you can kind of just dive in to geek out there a little bit more, that'd be great. Dude, that's a sinkhole and a half right there, baby. <laughs> We're going to talk about what causes pain. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, I can well, tell you this much. Question. That's, that's As, asking people where pain comes from is like talking about religion and politics, man. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, there are so many things coming at you from your lymph. The macrophages are a huge part of it, right? But mm -hmm. through your lymph nodes, that's where your immune system kicks in there. From there's innumerable type of immune cells that come on there to fight because that's where they kill cancer too. They kill a lot of things in that lymphatic system. So the, the way it works is that let's try to take a snapshot of the body when when you've got a, a piece of tissue. Let's say we spider out something from your knee that hurts. Right, you got all those different systems that are there. Your muscles there, your fascia, your ligament, your joint, and then you've got a lot of blood flow. So the blood flow that comes in there is the endpoint of the blood flow called your capillaries. And the capillaries is where you get your nutrients and your oxygen. And most people can't get the nutrients and the oxygen because they're so backed up with congestion or toxins that the cells can't get out from that one small hole. Or they're stuck in there with um, uh, a virus or a tire. I can't even say virus anymore because people freak out about viruses. I'm not talking about COVID, by the way. <laughs> Just so you know, you've got the, I can't tell you how many viruses are in the world, so I'm not talking about COVID. Um, they get stuck there, right? And then so the capillaries are there, and then at the capillary, you're going to have every nerve has a corresponding artery that runs with it. So the artery runs with it. Then you've got where the capillaries are. You've got the endpoints of nerves that are called superficial cutaneous free nerve endings. So the distal point of nerves that sit right subcutaneous means right below the skin. Those are the ones that give you most of your sensory input and uh, will pick up what they call nociception. Nociception is not pain signal. It's a threat signal. So your body can interpret a, a stimulation of that as a threat signal. One of the things that can make it threatened is if it doesn't have enough blood flow, right? So if a nerve, a nerve needs oxygen and glucose. Nerves need oxygen, glucose, and stimulation. They need three things, oxygen, glucose, and stimulation, right? So if they don't get oxygen and they're not getting glucose, probably not because your liver is a disaster most of the time as well, then they start to go into their own threat response. They can't get the nutrients that they need to. And one of the things that happens when nerves want to survive, they fire more. So they increase their firing rate. So you'll actually kick off nociception threat signals because the nerves can't breathe or you get very sensitive to things or you get tingling or numbness of very sensitive things, sometimes called central sensitization, where you touch and you just come near me and it hurts. But most of that is from poor blood flow coming out of the capillary, but also from the main arterial and lymph flow above and below where, where it hurts. So it comes on in and then you're going to have the, uh, the veins are there. So the veins are going to take a lot of that fluid that's there, the interstitial fluid, the swelling and the inflammation out through the venous system. So there's roughly 20 liters of fluid in your body that gets recirculated every day of the interstitial fluid. 17 liters goes out through the venous system. And most people have a venous system that's congested too. So they may get 17 out, but it doesn't mean 17 is getting back. Then the other three come back through the lymphatics. And if the, if the I'm going to tell you now, if your venous system is congested, your lymphatic system is congested. They're congested in both parts. 
So then you're not going to be able to get rid of that swelling or inflammation there. So then you'll, you'll maintain that puffiness, that swelling or inflammation in that region. And sometimes it can be noticeable. Other times it's what they call subclinical, which means you don't have symptoms yet. You only have symptoms when I stick my finger there trying to see if it hurts. Like I'll just, I don't know if it's on video, but I'll be pressing in a region and you should be going, hey, doc. Uh, how was your day today? That's pretty good. That doesn't hurt me at all. Zippity-doo-dah. And then I'll hit a spot where you'll go, oh, my God, that's awful. And I'm like, did you know that that area hurt? Now I had no idea. We're going to check that box and note that because that's a big player, right? That means that's going to be contributing to where your current pain is. So when all those areas are going to come in there, you've got the decrease in vascular flow. You're going to have the decrease in venous flow, removing toxins, decrease in lymphatic flow. Then that builds up that area and you actually have more protein in that region, leads to acidity in the pH and you become much more sensitive to pain. And the nerves also become very, very sensitive to what you do. Not only touch, but here's what you need to be in. Not only touch, but movement. So when you move, nerves are supposed to glide. Nerves are designed to glide when you move. If you have tightness or tension or inflammation, the nerves can't glide and the nerves get stuck. And then that's when you'll start to get pain or discomfort and somewhere along that path of the nerve. Not just where the nerve hurts, but usually somewhere else along the path of the nerve. So that, that fluid environment that all of these structures sit in is critical for these cellular processes to be able to function accurately, right? From what has to cross the cell membrane to go in, what has to cross the cell membrane to, to go out. I am, I am, I'll be honest with you, I am literally astounded of, that anybody's alive on this planet of what the body has to put up with and what it has to deal with, that we have no idea of how resilient it is. And we, we, we go after it and we break it down so much and take it for granted, in, in my opinion. Uh, but it just keeps on trekking. It keeps on going, right? So the, the pain part is a tricky one. Because when you start to study pain science, the current model of pain is that pain is not an input signal it's an output signal so it's not so much they'll tell you it's not so much the tissue that's causing the pain but it's the brain and interpretation of the sensory input coming into the tissue but then here's where it gets cool so i'm like okay well if the if the brain is has to interpret the perception of something of whether it's going to make it painful or not then the function of the brain is going to be rather important in relationship to how you determine if something is painful, right? Well, here's the kicker. Your brain uses 25% of the available oxygen in your body. And most people have not enough uh, ability to deliver the oxygen that they need to the tissues or to the brain. And the brain in and of itself has its own lymphatic system called the glymphatics, G-L-Y. And that's from what they call glial cells in the brain that are actually more part of your immune system than your nervous system. 
and the glymphatics can get backed up too. And the glymphatics will get backed up if you have if you're backed up in your systemic lymph lower because it's all based on a pressure system in the body. So you become toxic in the brain. And then when you have toxicity in the brain, then that's going to affect your ability for the neurons in your brain to talk with each other and do signalization and what they interpret and what they call neuroplasticity. So it's, it comes back to the same thing. It's only as healthy as the environment that your cells are living in. So that's one of the reasons why they're doing a lot of research with the glymphatics in relationship to neurodegenerative disorders like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and MS and things like that. And, you know, they recently, here's the thing that's funny, is that they, quote unquote, recently discovered lymphatics in the brain, and that's not true. It was actually discovered more than 200 years ago by an Italian anatomist. It just so happened to get hidden somewhere or stuck in the papers or didn't follow the current paradigm of medicine that says the immune system and the nervous system, especially in the brain, are they're not connected to each other, which if you think about that, it's the stupidest thing in the world that you could ever think, that any part of the body works without talking to anything else. Um, so now that is going to have a difference in pain. So is it more along the local tissue? Or is it more along the brain's interpretation of what comes in from the tissue? And my answer, my humble opinion is yes, it's going to be both. But I always look for underlying inflammation in the body anywhere, either inflammation in the brain, inflammation in the tissues. Uh, and I do that through the history. And I do that through uh, manual assessment, palpation, and touch. So when comes out, somebody comes in to see me, uh, I assess almost every square inch of your entire body in relationship to uh, definitely the lymphatics. So I'll check every primary lymph node region in your body from the top of your head to the bottom of your foot. And none of them better hurt. None of them should hurt whatsoever. And then I'm going to check all the other areas of the body and see if you have any tenderness, uh, swelling, or what we call the withdrawal response. I'm going to watch and see, do you like me touching there or not, right? Uh, and the more areas that you have that reaction to, the more inflammation I know that you have. And then we know we, know we need to go a little bit deeper on some different things. So I don't know if that answered your question, but that was it. that's yeah, it basically how I look at it. You, you, you see, here's the thing that's great about <clears> – <throat> Great about medicine, but not so great about medicine, is that I can take everything down to what one cell does, but I'm not interested in what one cell does. I'm interested in how all the cells work together, not just where your pain is, but all the other systems of your body. So one of the things that I say in my work is that no system in your body ever heals alone. It, it never works alone. It never gets injured alone. There's always a mixture of the other systems together. And in all of my years of working with the musculoskeletal system, and I've done a ton of work with the nervous system. I mean, for goodness sakes, I'm a chiropractor. We're all about the spine, right? And then in later years, I did more about the brain because brain research has come so far within the last five years, it's scary. But I was still missing something. 
And then when I found the lymphatic part, that just took the work that I was doing with all the other systems to an entirely new level because all those other systems uh, are behold, their function is beholden to the um, lymphatic system. If that makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. That That's huge. So I always have to check that box on everyone. And sometimes you'll find that they work good. Very often, no. But you'll find that, wow, oh, you seem pretty good, right? And if you check the box, then you move on to the next thing. But if not, then we absolutely have to work that in conjunction with all the other stuff that we're doing as well, with whatever that we want to do. We just mix the two together. Absolutely, man. I'm seeing it firsthand every day right now. You know, it's, and that's what I told Nick. I was like, buddy, this is central. Like it's one of those pieces you have to address because it it affects so many other, the big ones that we're trying to address with what we're doing. Yeah. So Perry, Perry, real quick, man, we only got so much time with you. I think I could talk like probably for, two days with you about this stuff, but I, wanna, I, I really want to hit on some, on some stuff while we have you here, man. So you're a movement expert as well. I love primal movement. You do a lot of that stuff as well. Can you talk a little bit about the connective tissue matrix role in the lymphatic system and why, why is just general movement not enough? Cause a lot of people will say, Oh, just moving helps pump your lymphatic system. Mm-hmm. And now that I've done your work, I know that's not the case. You know, just moving is not enough. You have to get some of this specific work done. Like you're saying to get the limbs moving and stuff like that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Well, movement's really important, right? I mean, that's something that we we're designed to do as human beings, but we do a lot less of these days and even more so with the way the world is today. And some of that's by design and the other part of it is just because we fall into mental stresses and we just don't want to move, right? We're, we're kind of frozen. Um, so when you look at lymphatics, they don't have their own pump per se. They do, but they don't. So it's not like your heart, but they, um, lymphatics move mostly through what they call diaphragmatic breathing, breathing in and out through a muscle called your diaphragm that's in the lower part of your rib cage because it moves the organs around. That's primary reason why it moves limp. And the other one is movement, movement. But here's the thing. So first of all, people don't move enough. Or if they do, they do the same kind of movement all the time. So they, they like to do what they enjoy, which is good, but they usually like to do what they're good at as well, right? So I ride bikes all the time, but I don't do anything else. So that also can make you stagnant because tissues form to stressors. So when you do the same type of movement all the time, you get tight or tense in certain areas that your body adapts to what you're doing to it. So you restrict fluid flow in the body based on your tension levels that you're in. And not to mention that when you're under an increased mental stress, you tension uh, in the body as well. And shock and trauma are always held as tension in the body. So you restrict the flow that way. And uh, so I tell people my, my movement plan for people is quite simple. It's, it's what I call 4M motion. That means, uh, like, I don't really care what you do. As, as long as you enjoy it when you do it, is it move more of yourself, more often, more ways, more environments. And that this kind of speaks for itself, right? And <laughs> Walking is one of the best ones you can do. 
honestly. Like walking is a primer for Lent. But one, most humans don't walk anymore. Or if they do, they walk with this thing held in their hand so they don't swing their arms and they don't rotate. Called a cell phone. So you want to make sure you put that stuff away so you can swing your arms and walk with intention and rotate and move, right? But also, so in this case with walking, move more of yourself. Make sure you accentuate your arms more often. How about you walk more than you are now? More ways, right? How about you walk sideways? How about you walk backwards? How about you walk with different paces? And then more environments. How about you walk in the woods? How about you walk stairs, right? Different things like that. Or walk with no shoes on, things like that, right? So the idea behind that is to just get your body moving in different ways that you're usually not used to. And a very simple one, because you guys, uh, I'm sure we'll, I'll give you my one thing you wanted me to tell people at the end for movement. But here's why it's very simple, because most humans don't do this. And they should. All I want you to do is take your shoes and socks off. I want you to stand and I want you to jump up and down on the balls of your feet, almost like you're jumping rope. If that hurts your body, then you keep your toes on the ground. You just let your heels leave the ground and you jump up and down like that. And you just wave your arms around up over your head or around and you do that for 60 seconds. Trust me, you're going to move some fluids around there like a lot, right? <laughs> and nobody does that. First of all, because, Doc, I can't do that. I'm going to look absolutely ridiculous. That's the whole point. I need you to, like, just relax and play and explore. And that's going to move all that fluid in your body. Plus, it's going to stimulate the ever-living hell out of your balance system on your inner ear which can sometimes take away a lot of chronic pain you've had forever because you're just not balanced in your brain. And it's a win-win, man. I mean, it's such a powerful thing that you can do uh, that can make a huge difference. It can make a huge difference. And then if we have time, I'll still tell you the, when you tell me to tell them, I'll tell them the movement that I want them to do. Yeah, Nick, <laughs> Nick go ahead, brother. I'm sure you have some more questions. Oh, man, it's kind of like you. I got, I got too many questions. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of. Dude, we'll, uh, just make a, we'll just keep going. We'll we'll just another, yeah. yeah. Well, I guess one, one of the questions that I, that I think is important, and you kind of brought it up before, because you, you had such a, uh, an interest in bioenergetic medicine. I know you said that one of your uh, mentors is Montauk Chia. And he talks oh, yeah. a lot about the microcosmic orbit. And how do you personally work with energy? Maybe in your own life, maybe you deliver it to patients. I don't know, but I want to know about another interface. And it's that energy grid uh, that could be acupuncture meridians or what have you, or, or the microcosmic orbit, some of that stuff. Like, what do, what do you see there? Because that's another kind of movement, uh, but happening more in an energetic kind of way. Yeah, I'll give you a lot of different ways. So I'll give you some that are pretty straightforward and some that you're going to think I'm out of my mind. So, but uh, it's only because you just don't understand energy yet <laughs> for people that don't, don't get it, right? Because even, even it's about more along the lines of some of this is quantum physics type stuff, which is not your Newtonian physics. And, and even Einstein said quantum physics was spooky action from a distance, which means, dude, I got no idea how this shit works. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, one, I do a lot of my own meditation. I do uh, Tai Chi. I do Qigong. So I get a sense of my own body's energy and the energy of my surrounding space through awareness and intention. I do a lot of stimulation along the acupuncture, acupressure meridians as well. 
Um, I do a ton of stuff with uh, light energy. So I use laser therapy a ton. I have been using laser light stimulation for energy for over 15 years. So I use directed laser therapy to targeted tissue. And I also have a full body laser bed that you lie in and you get energy through every cell in your body at the same time. Um, and then I also started to study more along the lines of kind of like microcurrent, if anybody's sort of microcurrent where you can get different frequencies in the body, almost like a Rife scale in a way where I get at different frequencies to stimulate areas of the body. And then I got into things where when I went to Europe, it was wearable technology. So they have these small little discs that have um, energy frequencies that you can wear. So instead of the microcurrent that I actually have to put on you when you come to see me, you take these and you're able to wear them and it can it change the, um, the what they call the signalization or energy of the body based on that technology. So I use that and I use vibration a lot. Vibration is probably one of my favorite ways to change energy with vibrational frequencies. So I use a metronome app and I can get a frequency. I do uh, vibration stimulation through different um, uh, type balls that I have, the vibration type balls. And if you've ever seen some of those cool videos on YouTube where people have like this thing and they have all these metal little pellets on thing and then you have sound underneath this Somatic, thing right? and then it forms the sound frequency makes the pellets form like a freaking butterfly or <laughs> then you change it then it becomes like a unicorn I and mean, it's like all these crazy so frequencies vibrational frequencies change matter they change tissue I mean, that's what the world is, is it's all energy and how it relates to each other. And energy never disappears, right? It just transforms into something else. That's just straightforward physics. So I use it that way. And then I use uh, even through human touch. So human touch is a really uh, powerful way to change the energy frequency from your intention of touch. And we know that from just being with another human being, the how we can pick up the sense of an energy or a touch just from being near someone. So there's many, many different ways, even from how the words that I choose to talk to someone and then the tone of how I talk to them changes the energy. That. Mm -hmm. So once you're on that concept, there's so many different ways that you can tap into it. But, you know, people have to be ready to grasp that and understand that. And here's the thing that I found. The more you've suffered in life when the typical approach doesn't work, the more you're open to the stuff that's way crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's the only way you're ever going to discover it, it most of the time is not voluntarily, <laughs> but through a lot of pain and suffering, which is my life was really hard. It was really difficult. And I actually felt like dying and thought about dying on purpose when I was sick. Yeah. But I look back now and I wouldn't change a thing. Because otherwise, I never would have discovered and looked down the road that I went on to tell you what I'm telling you now. It wouldn't even be in my realm of possibility. So because of that, I've been able to use that to help a lot of uh, other people. Other people. That was awesome. I, you went in the exact direction I was hoping you would. I mean, I was, I was noticing the little tag that you had on your... Yeah, so yeah, the, yeah. quanta therapies that, that I use. I 
I got to tell you, you want to talk about some crazy stuff, man, oh, man, you'll see some changes in that. Like, not my – I was like, forget it. Yeah. Well, that's, that's incredible because, I mean, when you're when – you're, I've seen some of the training videos, uh, and they're amazing, by the way, and, and we want to make sure that doctors can get access to your program, so we want to mm -hmm. make sure we talk about that. But on that dense energy uh, manipulation with your fingers, I mean, that's the, basically a densest form of motion. And then you took it up to like light and sound and, and all those things. One of the tools that David and I use in our clinic is rapid release therapy, which, which has a, a vibratory rate at 147 hertz, which is kind of in this, which is called a tissue, uh, what's, what is it? Conic vibration reflex. Conic, yeah, so it's reflex point that happens. And so much of these therapies that we use that we're learning more about uh, have so much to do with vibration and frequency and, and thought has frequency and intention. So everything you spoke to, you know, I think is really important for the listeners to understand that it's, it's multi-leveled and, and working on that densest level with your fingers or, or manual therapy is just another version of everything you just spoke to. Absolutely. Yeah. Huge. And Perry, thanks for sharing your story, man. I have a very similar story with my wife, and that's a big reason why I do what I do today. I mean, I could probably take what you're into and what I'm into right now, and it would probably just overlap like this. So we need to hang out sometime, man, because we could probably have some good times and conversations about stuff. Yeah, we'll have a virtual beer for now. <laughs> yes, for sure, man. I'd love, to, love yeah. to hang out and talk, man. Um, <laughs> So real quick, Perry, can you tell our listeners, and we have a lot of docs that listen, kind of where to find your stuff, where to start kind of dipping into, where to reach out to you, and, and where they can learn from you, man? Sure. Yeah, well, I'm really easy to find. I've been doing this stuff for a long time. If you type in Stop Chasing Pain, you'll come up with, uh, you know, my main website will pop up first, and you can go there, and that's a central hub that will take you out to everything else but yeah I've, I've got a lot of stuff available on the internet if you just look for prior articles and courses and things like that that you're available to to read for free and you know it'll take it to my podcast as well which i've had for about 10 years up in there so i got that out but yeah if you go to stop chasing pain you can see about our courses our videos our webinars our mentorships and webcasts and all that sorts of stuff and I probably spend an unhealthy amount of time on Instagram. That's my favorite place to to go. And I'm pretty much on every platform. The one I'm not on anymore is uh, Facebook. So if you do go to Facebook and you uh, go to Stop Chasing Pain, it is up there, but that's not my account. Somebody hacked into that account. And if you see somebody posting up animal twerking videos, that is not <laughs> Dr. Perry doing that. So someone is like, um, took over that account. So don't go to Facebook on the stop chasing pain. That's not me, please. Uh, but otherwise you can, <laughs> you can get in touch with me through all those other types of stuff. I know, um, I don't know when this is going to air, but usually I have webcast every single month where people can come on in and learn some stuff. And if you reach out to me on Instagram or social media, I will get back to you because I'm the only one that runs it. Nobody else does it for me. So I'll be uh, happy to uh, reply when you send me a message. Awesome. And then you've got some home play for our listeners today. So what's the home play? The home play. What do you got for our oh, listeners? Yeah. Oh, that's my favorite one. If you go, so I kind of did a little bit of it today um, on my Instagram channel. But if you uh, I put the full version on my uh, YouTube channel and but basically it's this. Being able to control your own body mass in all situations is what I call true strength. And one of the 
things that takes an extreme amount of strength in the body is to arise from the floor. Bring your own body weight up off the floor. So what I usually have people do is they go down to the ground and back up again a lot of different ways. If you can do the the goal is 50 times a day. Um, you don't have to do it all at once, but you can do it in blocks. And um, it's what I call the the anti-fragile fall matrix. And it's on uh, my YouTube channel, which if you, you'll get there from my uh, website. And um, if you go down to the ground and back up again 50 times a day, I guarantee you, you will be an absolute monster before you know it. And you're going to help a lot of pain in your body that you may have been suffering with or chronic injuries. And you're going to get really strong really strong and you're going to get tanked too because many people are very surprised at how much endurance that takes to do and you you just can't hold on to something ideally right like hold on to anything when you go down and you get back up if you need to you can that's actually one of the ways that we help our elderly people or people to get stronger is to use assisting to stand up and then go down and then eventually you won't need to and you'll have your own body mass to do that. So that's something that I learned several years ago from an osteopathic physician who's been very influential for me. And he says, go down to the ground and back up again 50 times a day and you'll change your life. I'm on it, man. I'm going to do that. That's my well, challenge. Sometimes the answer is so simple, right? Sometimes yeah. it's, it's just the simple, simple. Well, here's the dirty little secret. It usually is. <laughs> yeah, the, the well, right answer is usually really simple. Yeah. Right? Well, you said at the beginning. I, I love how you said this, and it's yes, the body is complex, but it doesn't have to be complicated. And and that was the sense that I got from how you teach and how you share this message. You take really difficult things, maybe for most people to understand, you make them really simple. And and that's you know that's a sign of a, a true you know warrior in health is someone who can take that, make something simple, and teach it to thousands and millions of people i mean that's that's hopefully the goal here and and then one other quote that that i've heard you say is you don't rise to the level of your goals you fall to the level of uh, your systems mm. i mean that that speaks to everything that you just shared with us today so we're we're super grateful and you know we're going to keep learning from you um this has been eye-opening in, in a big way not just for us but definitely for the listeners as well awesome well th thank you i had a really really uh, great time as as uh, we, I could just keep going for sure. But <laughs> well, we're, we're definitely gonna have to get you on again, brother. If yeah. if that's okay, I'm definitely gonna of hit course, you up again and come course, and talk yeah. about some more because this has been amazing, man. Yeah, yeah. It's been it's funny because I've been I've been doing some of the the moves uh, from watching your your uh, videos, and I keep checking with David because he he can do some muscle testing from a distance, and he's been keeping me on task of what I need. Oh, there you go, great. But yeah. It's been amazing. I mean, I've just, I've noticed some things shift uh, that I wasn't really paying attention to, and, and so it's been, uh, you know, it's been a fun exercise just to put into practice. So yeah, we're, we're super grateful, and we look forward to having you on again. Thank you, Docs, I appreciate it. Thanks, Doc, appreciate you, man. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to subscribe to The Dr. Dads and share with your family and friends. You can also follow and interact with Dr. Nick and Dr. David on Facebook and Instagram for a daily dose of inspiration and the latest in health and wellness. Be well.